So good morning. We're going to start back on Dawud Ahmed Bey's 4B. Uh, we're in the middle of a story. Um, conceptually, the story is difficult, uh, but um, it's like all things. There's a lot of thought hidden there. It's about six lines from the bottom. Rabbi Yosef, ki mate lahai kra When Rabbi Yosef saw this verse, good morning, Michael. When Rabbi Yosef saw, we're six lines from the bottom on Dalit Amad Beis. When Rabbi Yosef saw this verse, he would cry. And we were talking about different verses that uh, inspired people emotionally. And this is V'yesh Nishbe below Mishpat. This implied that sometimes people are taken uh, without justice, meaning that it doesn't seem right that they had to die. As if uh, we're the ones who should judge when people are taken, but um, it implies that some sometimes it seems like it makes sense. They lived a good life. They had uh, there's no complaints, and sometimes there are complaints. So the Gemara said, "Mi ika But is there somebody that's taken early? So the Gemara said, "In yes, there are people that are taken early." The Rabbi Barabai was uh, common for him to speak to the angel of the death. So one day he was there, and the angel of death said to him, Bring me Nishaya, bring me Miriam the hairdresser. And uh, he said, Oh, okay. Instead, he brought her Miriam the school teacher. You know, help always gets things mixed up. Some things never change. It's hard to imagine that the angel of death could get things mixed up. Amarle, the Malachamaba said, I Anamiri Magadlu Sernasi, I asked for the hairdresser. Amarle, Ihachi Ahadri, should I bring her put her back in the world? Once you take somebody's life, it's hard to put him back. Amarle, Hoyov Aisi Le Lemenina, once you brought her, leave her. So, um, there's a different question, which is, uh, how could you take the wrong person? Something must have happened that a person was taken before their time. So, the Gemara answered, it's a very interesting logic, but it basically, if somebody takes, does something risky, uh, they're, they're challenging their mazel meaning that it could be a person would have lived a long time, but because they're doing, they're doing bungee jumping, they're doing something risky, uh, then their record gets looked at much differently. And therefore, a person should always avoid situations that are unusually risky, that put a person at risk. So the story with her, though, was the following. Nakit mitra biyada. She was, uh, had a poker in her hand, Vahabi Kashagar, as we're on the top of Hayam and Aleph, Umakri Tanura. And she was stoking the coals in the oven. Shopala, she took out the poker, Vanachasa Agabi Dakara, and she put it on her foot. Now, I guess she didn't do it on purpose, uh, but um, if a person burns themselves, uh, makes an infection, Isroy Mazel. And uh, the, her Mazel, uh, her. Um, her account was opened, and they brought her early. So even though 
had she not done that, uh, could be she would have, uh, her time wasn't there. But when somebody does something that's considered risky or dangerous, sometimes they get a bad mazel. Yeah, the notes bring down it was accidental. Uh, yeah, yeah, nobody wants to burn their foot on purpose, uh, but it was reckless. In other words, it was, uh, it's a, uh, she should have been more careful. Uh, How are you allowed to take her? So the angel of death said, That there are times when people are taken when it's not their time. Uh, when they, uh, uh, something happens that's dangerous or they put themselves at risk, that's when it happens. But there's no place for her. Uh, there's uh, the, the uh, person gets an invitation to the world to come when they're they're asked for up high, and uh, they're not ready for her. She didn't get the call yet. So Omar Darida Lidar. That's no problem. He said we can hold on to her soul until they have a space for her up there. Her reservation is ready. and then when it's time for her reservation, her room is available. Then they'll. Um, they'll release the soul to the place called the Duma. Uh, we mentioned this Duma in, 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 um, in Hallow. We say those, uh, I, I'm going to praise Hashem, but your uh, day Duma, not those that got to go down to the Duma. The Duma is not a good place. That's a, uh, that's a, but, uh, so, or at least it's a place of judgment. But at the end, Every person was uh, put here for a certain amount of years. And uh, those years, uh, we need people to live those years. And she didn't live them because she got herself burnt and, and infected and her soul was taken early. So then who's going to live those years? Amri, the Gemara answers, If we can find a Torah scholar, Demever Bamili, who is very forgiving, who we know is a tzaddik, Mavra uh, Bamili Rashi says Mavral Midosav. It's a person who's forgiving, who doesn't insist that it always be his way. Mosifilahu will give him those extra years, and he'll live those years for her. And um, so that, there are a lot of questions about this uh, piece, uh, um, but that's the simple meaning of what happened over here. Okay. Rabbi Yochanan, when he reached the following verse, he used to cry. Good morning, Rabbi Golding. So it says over here that uh, Hashem uh, sometimes uh, incites. Uh, Incite in, in means like the, um, uh, it, we usually use that for uh, a missionary. In other words, a, um, sometimes the, uh, a person uh, was not doing anything, uh, wasn't doing something that would lead to danger, and Hashem convinced him, so to speak, to do something that will, uh, to sin or to go on the wrong path. In other words, people get talked into things. They get convinced. They get a mishigas. But the one doing the convincing is Hashem created uh, within the world these forces that convince people to do crazy stuff. So, but... Hashem convinced him to get swallowed up for no reason. 
I think some, I, I think I'd translate this as actually being seduced. Does that fit? Yeah, seduction is is a. Um, I was using the word missionized, but yeah, it's the same. Uh, convinced or seduced, but basically the Hashem allows people to be talked into all kinds of crazy stuff. And later on you look and you say, why did the person, what was he thinking? <laughs> How, but Hashem puts in the world, he allows people to be sold a bill of goods. Uh, so over here, Hashem is our boss. Evid, a servant, sometimes our boss allows us to uh, get seduced into crazy stuff. What hope do we have? In other words, Hashem put us in a hard world. Rabbi Yochanan Kimata Haikrabachi, he had a different verse, which when he read, he cried. That's the following. Hempig Dushev Lo Yamin. The holy ones you can't trust. Even the good ones you can't fully trust. So Ibe Kedushev, you can't trust the good ones. Baman Yamin. So who are you going to trust? There's got to be someone trustworthy. Uh, so he explains. Yomachad Havikazabu one time. Now, by the way, this is always the Agadita story. Somebody's going on a path. That's always uh, going on a journey. Somebody's plot, you know, planning life. They saw a certain person, There was the fig picker. There were perfectly good, delicious, ripe figs. He left those. And he took those, the lomati, that were unripe. By the way, this is a metaphor for um, some... Uh, there, in the ideal world, it should be the people that are the ripe old age, those are ready for the plucking. But the young ones, uh, they're too young, they didn't live life. Why are they sometimes plucked? Okay. So Amrle, Lav Hani Malunfe. So he said to him, Aren't these other ones more ripe, these other figs? Amrle, Hani Lurcha Bi'inilu. So he said, These need to go on a journey. Hani Nitirin. If you take the unripe ones, they'll last. They uh, they they will keep. Hani lonitirin. The ones that are very ripe, those won't last. Um, so this uh, this is learned in different ways. Some people learn it that um, there are good people that are taken when they're young because if they are left in the world, they might become spoiled. And so the best time to take them is when they're at their best. So uh, if you take them, some people will be taken when they're, they're not ripe, but you take them now so that they won't go bad. Uh, that you, you can't be sure that somebody will be good later. So he gets taken now because he's actually, um, sometimes a person is taken and they're such a tzaddik, they're such a righteous person, and uh, it could be that had they lived longer, they would have had to deal with different things and they wouldn't have left the world in such a pristine state. Aini, the Gemara says, There was a certain student who lived near Rabbi Alexandria, and he died young. And instead of saying he was taken because um, uh, he was so good and he might not have... Uh, um, uh, who knows what would have happened. At the funeral, they said the following, e boy, if he had only studied a little more, then he would have lived longer. The Emissa, and according, how do we know that the problem was? That he wasn't pious enough. Dilma, uh, maybe 
Um, the problem was that you can't trust the Holy Ones. Had he lived longer, he would have been tempted to do something else, uh, that he wouldn't have been faithful. So the Lord said, no, you can't bring me a proof from that case. He kicked his rabbis. You know what a kicker is. There are certain people that are, uh, that's the expression. Um, but, uh, so they knew about him that he was taken because of his sins. Some people are taken young because uh, um, they've done things wrong and therefore Hashem says enough. And then some people are taken young because they've done everything right and um, Hashem wants them taken in the pristine state. Um, so we really don't know why some people are taken young. That's the end of the story. Rabbi Yochanan Kimata Lahaikra, when he saw the following verse, he cried, the Krafte Lakim the Mishpat, God will bring us to justice, Vahisi aid. And guess who's going to testify against us? Our bo- our, our, our master, Hashem. He's going to testify that people did witchcraft and they did adultery and they swore falsely, and they didn't pay their wages. So that's the verse that Hashem will testify that we didn't behave. Evid Chirabo Makarvaludin, a servant whose master takes them for justice, Umahar Laidu, and testifies against them. Takana Yeshlo, how are we going to get out of it? He noticed a different thing. Woe to us, that some of the sins are not as bad as others, meaning like um, somebody that didn't pay their worker right away is not the same as um, somebody that does witchcraft or somebody that does adultery, or, uh, but they're, they're all put together. In other words, Hashem is mad at us for everything. That's what he noticed. Om Reish he had a different take on that verse. He said, Kol He said, if a person uh, takes advantage of a convert, Ki ilu It's as if he's taking advantage of God. If you mess with a convert, you're messing with me, says the Almighty. Om Papa, Another teaching. Anytime a person does something and they feel guilty, so guess what? Guilt is a saving grace. If a person has guilt, that's a great thing because Hashem forgives a person who feels guilty. Guilt is like an internal cleansing mechanism. Had they feared me, they would have been forgiven me. When he reached this following verse, he used to cry. He did a lot of crying, Rabbi Yochanan, by the way. It says that everything that a person does wrong will be brought to justice. I'll call Nelam, even on hidden things. Uh, so that's the verse. He said, that is, The verse includes things that he didn't do on purpose. So a servant, usually the things that you didn't do on purpose, you get away with. But if a person's in trouble for his mistakes, like what he did on purpose, Takana Yeshlo, what hope does he have? So that's that's a scary thing. So what does it mean on a hidden thing? That's if you disgust your friend. You kill a bug in front of him and he gets disgusted. So uh, you can't punish somebody for doing that. It, it, um, teenagers, they say you gross me out. <laughs> so you get punished for grossing somebody out if you do it on purpose. Uh, there are people that do that on purpose. They like to annoy people. 
So he's saying that people will even be judged for that, for killing the bug in front of, squashing it in front of uh, the girls to make them scream. Ooh, Shmuel said, Zeharach, it's if you spit in front of somebody, Venimus. Mayin tovim ra, omer diveriyan, is that no sin? Now, you'll get punished for the good and the bad. How do you punish somebody for the good? So, you give a poor person publicly and you get him nice and embarrassed. Here, have your charity. He saw a certain person, he very publicly gave the poor man charity in public. Um, it would have been better that you didn't give him. Now you gave him and you embarrassed him. He has a different thing. He says, If you give charity to a woman and you do it in a certain way, people will think you're paying her for immoral behavior and you're going to give her a bad reputation. So you think you're doing a mitzvah and instead you harm this lady's reputation. He said this refers to something else. This is somebody that sends meat home Erev Shabbos that was not trebered. Trebered is a, is a kashras word that means removing the veins. There are certain veins uh, in the meat. Uh, they, first of all, the sciatic nerve that we don't eat. And uh, there's other um, uh, fats that need to be removed uh, from the meats, uh, certain fats that we don't eat. And uh, the, in the... Um, and the, uh, the butchers remove all those fats. So by the time we buy the meats, it's already kashered. Uh, it wasn't that long ago uh, that um, people would remove it themselves. Meat was cheaper in those days. And they would just remove the meats, them, uh, the fats from the meats themselves. So if you send to your wife meat right before Shabbos, so the, the understanding is that that's for the chalun. And you're not gonna, she's not going to realize that uh, you didn't take the fat out. So that's somebody that's setting up somebody for, um, uh, for trouble. If you, if you send something to something uh, without the warning, and they would, uh, the, the, she's going to feed the family trafe without realizing it. So Gemara says, Rava used to do that. He used to send meat home. So you get good deals right before Shabbos because they know what they don't sell before Shabbos will go to waste. So they mark it down right before it gets later. So uh, he used to get meat and send it home. The answer was Shani Basra His wife was a rabbi's daughter. The Kimle Begavai the Bucky. You wouldn't be able to uh, fool her. She would know if the meat had the veins taken out or not. Rabbi Yochanan When he saw the following verse, he cried. It will be. It's about six lines from the bottom. Kisimsa oso roos rabos vitzaros. That uh, the Jewish people will find themselves with many troubles. Roos rabos. Many troubles vitzaros. And those troubles are a pain in the neck. Evid shirabba matzilo roos roos takana yishlo. The deck is stacked against us. It's Shem said that we're going to have a hard time. What exactly are roos vitzaros? Uh, I mean, something, there's bad things, and uh, bad things are, are painful. What does it mean, tsaros? Uh, that they're, it's like unusually bad. What is that? So, Omar Ros, Shinaset Tsarosu Sometimes we get two different bad things that are enemies of each other. Kigom, 
like a zibur of a akrof, that's like a hornet and a scorpion. Uh, one of them has to be treated with cold, and one of them has to be treated with hot. And if you get bit by both, uh, you're stuck, because whatever you do, you're, uh, you're going to aggravate something. So, so too, sometimes we have problems, and the problems have the opposite solution. Many times medications have that problem. A per- person has one condition, and he would take one medicine, but that's going to cause problems for another. Uh, and so that's this verse where a person has difficulties uh, where there's no easy solutions. Uh, let's look quickly at um, uh, Rashi. Zibura va'akrov, the scorpion and the hornet. Nakat haki mishum darinu sexazot if you ever get bitten by a scorpion, you want to put hot on it right away. Now, if you get bitten by the, uh, the zebura, the hornet, then you want to put cold on it. And if you do the opposite, you're, you're harming yourself. So, you get bit by both. You're stuck. You can't use cold. That's not good for the scorpion bite. That's not good for the hornet bite. So, sometimes... A person has two sets of troubles, and their goose is cooked. Shmuel says three lines from the bottom. He says um, sometimes uh, a person gives a poor person money, uh, and uh, this is going back before where you get punished for uh, doing good, because the way you did good ended up being bad. Uh, that's like the the money collectors coming around, and you give the poor person the money. Um, when the collector's is there, and so it's going to get taken away from him, or it won't, uh, it, he won't be able to use it in the ideal way. And uh, Rav explained it like this: Had you given him the money early, he could have bought things. Now the prices are much higher, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's not as useful to him. In other words, you gave him the money at a time when he can't use it. Uh, Hashem says, I'll get angry on that day, but Zavtim is starting and I'll hide my face from you. So he says a scary thing. He says, any Jew who never has Hashem turn his face from him, then he must not be from our people. Because everybody in life has a time when Hashem's face is hidden. And anybody who never uh, finds that there uh, has challenges in life, also, they're not from us. Uh, we are told that, that uh, life is not a bowl of cherries, that there'll be times when things will be difficult. So apparently Rava was doing great. Rava, he did everything was perfect. Uh, you know, he had no troubles. So uh, they were giving him the Ein Hara. That's not good. Omerle, he said, You have no idea the taxes I pay. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, you think I have it all good? I got to send bribes to the king. Afilu hachi, still, Yavu be Rabbanu since the rabbis looked at him, the tax collectors came and they took away everything. Uh, 
you never want to draw the negative attention of the sages. Oh, Misa, a person could die, oh, Ani, or they came poor. Uh, then the Pasuk says, Venochi Aster, Hester Aster. So we're saying this um, uh, towards Purim Cotton. The, uh, the, this Pasuk of Hester Aster is the Pasuk of Megillus Esther. That's the name of Esther, uh, because that's the, uh, is this quality where Hashem deals with us in a hidden way. That's called Hester Pun. So it says, I will hide my face from you on that day. Omar Rav, Omar Kodesh Baruch Afa Starte Pane Mehem, Bechalo Madabirba. Now this is the great uh, Jewish way that uh, we're aware that life has its challenges, but we always see the good. So this pasuk where it says Hashem will hide His face, He says, but we still get uh, we still get messages in the dreams, meaning that we won't get prophecy, we won't talk to Him directly, but we'll get messages indirectly through the dreams. Rabbi Yosamiz Yadu Natuya Aleinu. He said, even though. Um, uh, we are living in a time of Hester Pani, where Hashem's face is hidden from us, but His hand is there to help us. In the shade of your hand, Hashem's hand, I was covered. There are a lot of stories here. Apparently, he was the head that was called on to defend the Jewish people uh, from the uh, various... Uh, other uh, peoples that uh, different sects that accused us of different things. So there was uh, he was in the Caesar's palace. He, uh, so and there was an apikorus there, a Jew, a renegade Jew. Usually means a Christian. So the Christian uh, did a motion. He said, "Amadarina moral he made a motion that you Jews, your God has turned away from you. That's what the Christians have been saying for 2,000 years. <laughs> right, that's the, uh, um, he rejected you. He changed his mind. So when uh, the Christian made that motion that your God rejected you, I don't know what that motion was, but he turned his back on him. So Rabbi Yeshua, he gave him the hand. He, sh- he put up the hand uh, to show him uh, that uh, oh, we are promised by Hashem that even though his face will be hidden, his hand will he'll always give us a hand. So Omer like Kesar Yeshua, so the Caesar noticed that these two guys were doing sign language. So he said to Yeshua, my achvilach, what did the, uh, uh, the Christian, what did he show you? Omer, he said, you people, that your master has rejected you. So I showed him back, No, Hashem's hand is there to help us. So then the Caesar called in that Christian and he said, What did you show uh, Rabbi Yeshua? So I was showing him that uh, you're a people that your king, your God turned away from you. What did he answer you back? He said, Lo Yadana. He knew good and well what it was, but he didn't want to admit. See, they, they take our Torah and they say, Oh, your Torah says, but they don't read the whole verse. And the same Torah that says Hashem will uh, hide his face from us says that his hand will be there for us. So the Caesar understood that his um, argument was silly. 
You know, you're quoting the Jewish Bible, but you're refusing to read the whole thing. You're a person who doesn't know the sign language. So how do you have a debate in front of the Caesar when you don't even um, know the sign language or you refuse to deal with the facts? And, and the Caesars, they love this because they were idol worshippers. So they loved, uh, you know, uh, having the different... Uh, People's uh, argue in front of him. So So he took him out and he killed that Christian. Okay. When this great sage uh, was uh, uh, getting uh, ready to pass away, so the Rabbanan said, What are we going to do? We have nobody that can uh, defeat the Apikorsim like you. You're the only, you had that great skill that whenever he faced these uh, Christians and others who attacked the Jewish people, he always won the debate. So Amr Laham, of the Eitzimibanam Nisachachamasan. It says when the uh, go lost counsel, when you lose your counsel, you lose your good Jewish lawyers. He was a great Jewish lawyer, he was defended us. So Nisachachamasan, don't worry, their wisdom will go lost too. Kiyusha of the Eitzimibanam Nisachachamasan Shulmusa Olam. If we are, lose our great lawyers that can defend us from those people, don't, Hashem says their wisdom will go too. There's always a balance. Or, if you want, there's another verse. Uh, this is a Pasuk by uh, Esau, uh, where Yaakov Avinu said, um, Esau said, uh, uh, let me, um, let's travel together. And uh, the, the verse says that they, uh, Hashem will always uh, help us that we will at least be able to, uh, uh, to go opposite him. The way uh, travel on and let us go, and I will proceed alongside you. Um, they may, uh, they they will never get the better of us. They might be able to make arguments, but they will never. Uh, at least that's, this is the way the art school was learning. Means that uh, um, I'll be able. They, they'll be able to challenge you, but they won't be able to defeat you. So even if we don't have the um, great Rabbi Shua ben Hananya, we don't have to worry. Now we get a story. He was going down the steps in the academy of Rashila. He heard a certain young scholar reading the verse. Hashem creates the winds in the mountains, and he will tell people even what they said. So, what's that referring to? So, Omar Evich, Rabba Magilo Masicho, Takana Yeshlo. Normally, people have their secrets. And they can make their wise remarks, and uh, the wise remarks aren't heard. But a servant whose master listens to those wisecracks and gets him in trouble, um, he, this servant's in trouble. So, masiko, what kind of wisecracks are we referring to? So, Omarav, afilu ishto. Even things that a man says to their wife, misa, he'll be called to justice for. People, uh, they're usually comfortable talking with their wives, and sometimes they say things they shouldn't. Uh, now, the Gemara here understood that it might have to do with um, uh, uh, sexual types of discussions or fooling around and something that might be not so proper. But, Amy, uh, uh, that's not so. Rav Kahana Havi Gani de Rav. This was a famous story. Rav Kahana hid under Rav's bed. When Rav was together with his wife, Vishama, and he heard, 
he heard him um, laughing and uh, and he heard him uh, um, having relations with his wife and he was a little shocked that his very pious and uh, um, holy Rebbe was uh, um, um, putting effort into enjoying his uh, uh, relations with his wife. The master is, is acting like he's never eaten. He's like hungry, that he's uh, lust, he's enjoying the lust. Kahana, he said to him, now the master was furious, what are you doing here? Pooh, get out of here. You don't belong here. That's not normal. So, uh, uh, meaning a student can try to learn from his master, but there are certain places of privacy. But at the end of the day, you see that uh, even very hot, pious and holy people, uh, what they do with their wives is also pious and holy if it make, gives them a strong relationship. So Gemara said, so, but we just said the person gets punished for that. Uh, is it holy? Is it not? So Gemara said, Lo sometimes it's needed. If it's not needed, uh, sometimes a person, uh, there's, uh, there's a proper amount, which is pious and holy, and then there's a, an, an improper amount. Okay. And uh, it says that Hashem will cry in a hidden place. Because of the grandeur. What is that referring to? Hashem has a place. It's called a hidden place. And he cries over there. Now, why does he cry? Because of the, the grandeur. Because of the greatness of the Jewish people, was taken away from them and given to the pagans. In other words, the, the Jewish people was a great and holy people. They were given a amount of grandeur. They were given a, um, a high position. And when he punished the Jewish people, he took that away from us and gave it to the nations of the world. He says, no, it's the grandeur of the kingdom of heaven because when the Jewish people is in exile, the world doesn't see the greatness of Hashem. Does Hashem ever cry? There's no depression, there's no sadness in front of God. There is glory and grandeur, oz v'chedva and joy b'mekomah. So in Hashem's place, there's only happiness. There's no sadness. Look, Masha habavatigavoy. There's the inner place and the outer place. Uh, but in the outer place, there is um, uh, the the inner place. There's crying, and the outer place there is no crying. Um, so then the more said, even in the outer place, there's no crying. Hashem will call for a day of crying and mourning and weeping and wearing sackcloth. So even in the outer place, in, in the heavenly abode, there's crying. The more said, Shani Korban Beis Hamikdash. That's the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Even the, the angels cried. Everybody cried when that happened. This is a pasuk that talks about heavenly crying. So what's all this crying going on? 
Why is there three cries? One for the first temple. For the second temple. And one for the Jewish people that were, got kicked out of our homeland. Some people say one is for the fact that the Torah isn't studied. If you say it refers to the fact that the Jewish people is not in their place, that's why it's written, we were captured, we were sent in captivity. That means that we're kicked out of our place. But if you say it means Bitzel Torah, what does it have to do? It was when it, the Torah answered, because since we were kicked out of our place, it's, there's no greater Bitzel Torah than being kicked out of one's place. When you're not um, in your home, it's very hard to learn. Our rabbis taught Shlosha Kodesh Borchu Bocholeim Koyom. We're talking about Hashem crying. Hashem cries for three people every day. Number one, on those that are able to learn Torah and don't. Here they could learn a life-giving Torah that could uh, give them a, a wonderful life and happiness and, uh, uh, and closeness to Kodesh Borchu and Mitzvah, and instead they don't. Um, there are some people that it's impossible for them to learn, and they do learn. And this is a good crying. Like uh, they're amazed at some people, uh, the um, uh, how uh, hard it is for them to find the time, and they do it. Uh, uh, you know, I, I see that. I, I teach a night class, and some people at the end of the night are totally exhausted, and uh, but they got to do the daf. So that's uh, that's amazing. And uh, there's another kind of person who Hashem cries about, and that's a Jewish leader that uh, is arrogant on the community. Okay, Rav Rav once had the book of Kinos, he was reading it. When he reached this Pasuk, uh, he, uh, he, it says, uh, The Jewish people was very high and holy, and they got thrown up, down from the heavens to the ground. This is describing the Golas. And when he read it, he got so shaken, he dropped his book. This is a famous saying that we got thrown from a high place to a very low place. Sometimes when a person is high, they get gravity. When they hit the ground, they hit it hard. And the Jewish people was very high. Um, some people say that explains why we have people like Epstein and uh, George Soros and uh, other people that, uh, you know, you, you, we can't, we're, instead of going from being excellent to being fair or average, that we have people that are great and they go very far away. Uh, Rab, Rebbe, Reb Chia, Havishok, they were going on the way. They stopped at a city and they said, is there, is there any scholar here? Let's go greet him. Oh, we do have somebody here, but he's blind. So usually when a scholar was there, the scholar would get up and greet one of these rabbis because he was the leading rabbi of the generation. So when they heard that this rabbi was blind, that meant that he would probably be handicapped and uh, sitting down so Omelu Rivkia le Rebbe, Rivkia said to Rebbe, you stay here, lo you shouldn't allow your uh, great station to not be shown respect. This blind person won't be able to get up and show you the respect. I'll go and greet him. 
Takpav uh, Azo, the Rebbe ignored him and went with him. Uh, and uh, this is the way even people that are supposed to be shown respect don't insist on the respect. Ki they had a nice visit with the blind man. And the blind man gave them a bracha. And he said like this, panim, you greeted me. That was so nice of you to give me a visit. Hanirin ve'enu royin. And um, uh, the, uh, you were seen, but you couldn't be seen. You saw me, but I couldn't see you. You should merit to be seen, go to the place of Hashem, who can see you, and you can't see Him. Basically, that I'm blind, I can't see you, but you did such an, a nice thing to visit me, you should merit the, uh, to go up to the base of Migdush, where Hashem sees you, and you can't see Him. That's a great bracha, basically, that, uh, that's the bracha that you should merit to, to bask in the Shekhinah. So Rebbe said, you wanted me to lose that bracha? You know, if you insist on being honored, and if you don't get the honor, you don't go. There are times when people are not going to show you the respect that you would expect, but that doesn't mean that you should punish yourself if you don't get the respect that you were expecting. And so he said, look at that bracha that I would have missed. So they asked the blind rabbi, where'd you hear that from? He said, I heard it from Rabbi Yaakov. He was into that mitzvah of honoring his Rebbe. He used to go greet his uh, Rebbe every day, Koyong. Kikash, when he was getting older, the Rebbe told him, you shouldn't go to the trouble to greet him. It's hard for you, when people get old, it's hard to move around. Uh, you don't, don't, cause your, don't trouble yourself, you can hardly move. Uh, he said, it's worth it. Don't take away from me the great reward where it says by seeing your rabbis, you will never, uh, you will have eternity. You will not go to the netherworld because when you see even chachamim in the old age, even if you see the sages after they pass uh, or in their death, you will live the chayim. If you see them when they're alive, basically he's saying that there's a big mitzvah to see your rebbe or to see the sages. And uh, there are people when they go to Israel, you can go see sages. It's worth waiting in line over there. Lahavdol, it's you know people go to Disney World and they wait in line for a ride. In Israel, you can go there and you wait in line. It won't take too long, and you could see a sage and get a bracha. Revidi, uh, uh, you got to make sure you get the right ones. There's fakers there too, but they're they're real legitimate sages. Revidi avuid Rav Yaakov baridi havi rogodav also tilsa yarke. It's a famous Gemara. Uh, he lived a three month journey from the academy, so he used to travel for three months uh, in order to get one day there. Vechad yama Rav, and then it, he would take three months to get home. And then he'd have to work the rest of the six months. So he only worked six months of the year. He traveled three months each way, and he got one day in the academy. The Rabbanan had a nickname for him, and they called him Barbe Rav Dechad Yom. He's the guy that shows up one day. He's the rabbi for a day. So Cholish Daite, he said, they're making fun of me. So, um, uh, said, no, you should understand what you're doing is a great thing. Don't, don't punish them, uh, Rabbanim, 
And Rabbi Yochanan went out and he said the following drash. Uh, even a day, basically, uh, people can go, um, they don't always have uh, the perfect day to learn. And he traveled three months in order to have that perfect day in the academy. But uh, that day um, uh, is better than not having that day. And uh, the idea that a person would put three months on each side just to have that day is an incredible thing. And um, uh, that, that's the... Uh, some people say that he did business while he was traveling on the way, but, uh, or it's hard to imagine that he, he spent six months of the year for one day. Um, uh, but it's a day in the academy, a day with other rabbanan, a day where he could uh, experience uh, uh, the connection to Hashem. Now, on that pasuk about the importance of the day, um, this kind of tells us, like, uh, you know, the, uh, I tell people sometimes even in Dafyomi, like some, da- some Dafin, you don't know what's going on. But it's worth it. You never know when you have that day. You have good days, you have bad days, you have days where you really get it, you have days where you get excited. It's, uh, but it, it's all for the day. Like, um, uh, so uh, why does it stress day? If you keep a yom dorshan and a night you don't. Even if you do one good day, you get credit for the whole year. So um, if a person... If that's what they're capable of, and that's what's available to them, and that's uh, they really want to get more days, but they only get that one good day, they get credit for the whole year. The same thing is with punishment. Over there where the spies spied out the land, they didn't sin for 40 years. Why were they punished for 40 years? It was 40 days. Somebody sins even one day of the year, Malakasu kilo over koloshana kula. This is this idea that just like one day can help define your whole year in a good way, that a person has that one day of learning Torah that was amazing, and uh, he built up his year for that one great day, and uh, that defined his year. Also, one great day of sinning, uh, like the spies, can also define a whole year. The power of the day. That's the, uh, the amazing thing. Okay, have a great day, everyone.